Business Class is brought to you by the Tourism Academy, harnessing the power of science, business psychology, and adult education to advance the tourism industry and build sustainable economies. Learn how to engage your community, win over stakeholders, and get more visitors at tourismacademy.org. How I figured out where to go was I put dots on the map of the people that I've met in the industry. Oh. And people who've become friends and places that I've wanted to visit. And uh, I had 130 dots on the map. So this is really going to visit friends yeah. and stopping and doing some interesting things along the way. Um, we have trended up, but our summers have been, they've just been, um, we've been slammed every July. And, it's, and if it's not here, when the people are here, all those sales, you just miss out on them. And I have people to support, so it's important. There you go. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, my name is Tish Dahman. I'm the director of the Idaho Potato Museum. I have worked in this position for uh, 10 years. And how long has the museum been here? It's been here since 1988. Um, the museum started as an idea by a couple of local people who work in the tourism industry. And, um, oh, sorry. It's okay. Uh, and they, yeah, there we go. Uh, by a couple of people who worked in the tourism industry and also some city fathers. They felt like um, Blackfoot has been known as the potato capital of the world for a long time. You know how each city kind of gives itself a name. Well, and Blackfoot earned that because it's in the county that grows more potatoes than any other county in the United States. So with that in mind, they thought, well, let's do something about potatoes. It's who we are. It's our culture. Um, it's, our, it's our economy. Let's do something. And, of course, uh, locals thought that was pretty lame. Because, you know, people don't think they're interesting. You know, I think that's typical in the tourism industry. I go to Florida. I love Florida. I think Florida is interesting. But if you live there all the time, you may not think it's all that great. Oh, yeah, it's just another wave, you know. But for someone who's, um, you know, surrounded by mountains, the ocean's a gorgeous place to see. It's different. It's new. And it's the same thing with potatoes and um, this area. It's a different culture. So we are interesting to other people, you know, people from all around the United States, they come, they like it. The Idaho Potato Commission did a great job, or has done and continues to do a wonderful job on um, uh, promoting potatoes, Idaho together, so that Idaho potato is, a, is a synonymous with quality and fun. So um, we kind of ride on their coattails, I imagine, because of the, uh, the reputation that the Idaho potato has. So, so all that together, they started in 1988. It was all volunteer effort. Um, they just this building came up. Uh, it, it had been donated to the city of Blackfoot from Union Pacific. It's an old train depot built in 1913, and um, they it was it had been derelict and empty for a long time. They came in, they cleaned it up, they put up ideas of exhibits, and. Um, they had 2,000 people show up. Mostly they were local to see what was going on, but they realized that, yeah, this can be done. So they continued on with it. And it was volunteer for a long time until, um, uh, I'm going to say the early 1900s, 1900s, <laughs> 1990s, seems like that long ago. Um, but they, 
but you know they, they got the they got the exhibits up and most everything was donated all of the labor everything was donated and um, it kind of just kind of limped along for a while in 2000 early 2000 late 1900 1990s the Chamber of Commerce moved in so they could stay open year-round keep their hours open all the time so that really helped a lot they shared a director and they became a little bit more professional and then I took over in 19 in 2012 and um, I the minute I walked in this building I knew it had so much to offer you could just the building just cried out for people to come and see it and I could just you know you just you just know it's great and I kind of sold that hope to um, city fathers Fortunately, there was a grant program, and we were able to access it. They gave us, I think, $175,000 to sort of reimagine and redo everything. Um, and uh, we just haven't looked back since. We added the cafe because one of the biggest things that people wanted is, oh, I've been through the museum now. I'm really hungry for a potato. Where can I go get a potato? Well, it just made sense to add the cafe at the end. But it's not... It's not a full-blown big thing because you really only want to serve your fries and your and your bakers in soup because that's what people want to taste. It, describe to me your first experience coming to the museum. Um, gosh, I like I said, I was I thought I was coming to be the um, when I first applied for the job. I thought I was going to be the uh, just the museum director. And I was in the interview, it was, oh, yeah, you're the director of the museum and the Chamber of Commerce. Um, and, and that was great, but the Chamber of Commerce took a lot of time and takes a lot of effort. But I could see that the museum, if it just had a little bit of investment, just a little bit of, um, just kind of change that story a little bit so it made sense as people walked through, uh, that it would, be, it would be bigger. And so when we started putting just a little bit of investment into the museum, you did, you started to see those numbers go up and um, got too big to be both and so the chamber moved out and we just have kept going. But my first experience, it, the everything was dark. There wasn't, you know, graphically, it was really old, kind of hand done. Just a couple of photographs. There wasn't a lot here. We maintained the story and what it is. We just reimagined it and made it bigger and added what do you hope visitors take away from the experience in the museum? Um, the first thing I want them to know is that potatoes are good for you, that they have so much nutritionally to offer a body. Um, they, uh, it's just a, it's a really great potato. It's a really great vegetable, and it has um, it's a great story. Interesting about just potatoes in general or food in general. We don't, you know, we. We go out to eat, we go to get our groceries, but we really don't think about how our food gets to our plate and really what made that happen. And there are amazing amounts of stories. I haven't studied, you know, corn or wheat or rice or, or whatever, but I have had the opportunity to study potatoes. Potatoes are great. First vegetable in space, you know? I mean, that's pretty cool. There's some, and um, and what it can do, I mean, you think about it. So if you buy a 50-pound box of potatoes, 
we do 60 counts here, so they're about that big. Well, that potato is really, it's a meal to me. I don't need anything else, just that potato. In fact, sometimes I have a hard time finishing the potato in front of me, and I just put butter on mine. Granted, a lot of butter. But, um, but so if you only, if you only had $20 in your pocket, just $20, you could buy a box of potatoes, 60 potatoes in there, two a day, you could feed yourself for a month, right? That's impressive. You know, I mean, you just think about the economy of that one vegetable. How do you see your role as a director with regards to storytelling? Mm. Well, it's evolving. I've wanted to... So, where I am right now, I've just hired an assistant. Uh, We are completely self-sufficient. And so we survive on our admission, our sales, and our cafe sales. That's how we survive. And we've done, we have started to do very well. So now we can kind of do some expansion. So for the most part, because it's an old building and the more people you hire, that's where all your time is dedicated, has been dedicated, just boom, right there. So I've hired an assistant. I am hoping that now I can do what I'm meant to do. And that is expand the exhibit space, take the time. I am writing a, a cookbook at, as we speak. I'm trying to get, um, I have a, I have all these great exhibits that now need to just go out and find the space for them. So yeah, there's there's a lot to it. Um, we have Idaho State University, and um, that's really close. So I have taken advantage of some interns. Um, our children's space needs to be expanded, and we had a an intern last year who had some really great ideas. It just takes time to be able to implement those ideas, and so that's where I hope. My role is now is to be able to take those that vision and then just make sure that our visitors can see it. How who do you look up to as a mentor? Gosh, I grab inspiration from wherever I can find it. Um, we took a trip to South Dakota um, just at the end of April went to Rapid City. I, I think it's just wherever you go visit. I try to collect a lot of that information. I think Rapid City has done an amazing job. They're a city of 31,000 people. They have statues of presidents on every corner. That in itself is really cool. Plus all of the history that um, around them. Of course, they have Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse. I mean, how fabulous is that? But it doesn't have to be huge. So I think you just have to keep your eyes open and wherever you go. Smallest areas can really impress you, you know? There is a, um, a lot of things in nature. Uh, I'm, I like the history things. But there's a thing in Idaho. It's called Register Rock. Uh, it's just a big rock with it, with that sits under a gazebo to protect it. It was part of the Oregon Drill where... Um, uh, the pioneers stop, they carve their names. It doesn't take a lot to have an impact. It's just the rock, right? You pay a little admission to go in, you go see the rock, you see the signatures, you're standing there where people a hundred years before you stood, struggled, traveled, and carved their name. That's kind of, that's a neat sort of experience where you're sort of there, kind of back in time. 
doesn't take a lot, but but it does take knowing where it is and how to get there. And I think one of the nice things about it is it's somewhat undiscovered, and so you're not standing in line. Um, I think one of the biggest things in tourism right now, one of our biggest challenges, is that uh, we've done a great job at telling people you know, where to find neat things, and then so they go, but you don't have that really quiet, um, this is my personal experience experience. Sometimes we lose that. We have to be a little bit more patient, kind of wait our turn. That's okay. Just have to be more patient. How do you ensure that visitors have that experience here? Um, so far, we haven't really had a big problem with that, but I see that that is going to be a problem. And I'm not really sure how to handle that. Um, like, like I said, July is a big month. I think the best thing that you can that we can do at the moment is to um, is to uh, really advertise our shoulder seasons. You know, come in March, come in, you know, make some things happen during those months where a lot of people aren't traveling, so that they'll know that we're open and that we're for business and it's a great experience even then. And on a personal note. Uh, how are you most like each of your parents? Mm. Hmm. Gosh, you ask some fun questions. Sometimes. My dad was in public relations, so I get the storytelling comes naturally. When he, I was a child, he um, used to write our own, his own kid stories for us, and and those have always stuck with me. And they they were fun, and he was a he was a really it was a good communicator. My mother, she was a doer. Um, everything was black and white with her. And then you just got to get it done, get it done, move fast, get it done. And so I, hopefully I take the best of those two people, take the vision from my dad and the ability to implement products from my mother. So hopefully. And how would you want to be remembered? Well, that's even a harder question. I would, I think, um, I just don't know, that's, I'm just really drawing a blank, I don't know, I mean, I don't, I don't need a statue or anything like that, I, I just, I just want things to go well, I want my staff to do the best that they can be, their interactions with uh, the, um, with our visitors has to be positive and individual. It's one of the things that we really try to do is ask people about their vacation, how they're doing. Sometimes, like if you look around now, it's the gift shop's busy, so you have to, you know, be a little bit more patient. But you're not going to get the full story from people. But um, you, I, I just, I think I want at least here, I want people to understand that or at least my staff to understand that customer service is always number one. It's always the best thing that you can do. Even if you don't have the best product, if you have great customer service, it feels like they've had the best product given to them. And when, you're, when your family is getting together, what's the favorite potato recipe? Oh, potato salad. 
my mother had a really good potato salad. It's a little bit different. Use sweet potatoes, not dill pickles. Dry mustard, not yellow mustard. And what else goes into it? Now I'm going to ask. All right, yeah, it's, really, it. it's just different. It's, um, uh, you know, just um, mayonnaise. Use, use cream instead of milk. That's good. And I, celery, onions, crushed potatoes. Um, just mix it all up. It's pretty good. Sweet potato, sweet pickles. It's, that's how I really like it. Um, we had a gal here last year, and she puts olives in hers. I'd never had it that way. I know. It doesn't seem like it'd be great. It does work. It does work. It's not the way I'd want to have it. But you know how you have your very favorite? It's your parents' recipes the best. I'm just saying, potato potato salad, you can do it a million different ways. It's all good. It's just what you like best. And we have a, a visitor that just came in. Yeah, this is Lucy. She's 15. Lucy is 15, and she is adorable. Yeah, she um, thinks she's the show. Hi. Lucy's yours? Yeah. She comes to work with you every day? She does, and she likes to greet the people, but I keep her in the back as much as I can. She's old and cranky. She thinks she gets everything first. Ah. She looks like a sweetheart. She is. She's a good companion. Yeah. I is travel it? with my dog. Oh, you do? Yeah. What kind do you have? He's an American Staffordshire Terrier. Oh, man, how nice. He's a big meathead. Yeah. Just an absolute sweetheart. But just lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard when they get old, though. Is there anything... It, it is. Is there, is there anything I didn't ask that you wish I did? Um, no, I don't. Uh, um, as, as we review, I think we covered a lot. But I think, I think the most important thing in whatever you're doing in tourism is that personal touch. As much as you can give, I think that it, it's just the interaction oh, okay. with your visitor. You have to remember that one-on-one -on -one experience. It can't always be given, but when you can, give it.